You know, Julie, I don't know about you, but I find that sometimes in our training as financial professionals, we're supposed to do like the dragnet thing, right? Just the facts and nothing but the facts. But oftentimes, uh, I think it's the stories that people tell us that actually reveal more information than maybe any other thing that happens in our interactions. I couldn't agree more, John. And it was interesting today when we spoke with Tim Owings, how he said, be the sponge, soak up those stories, take it in. And I just thought that was such an interesting analogy and frankly, one that I haven't heard in our industry. Um, so I'm really curious to hear more about how he uh, advises that we be the sponge and continue to really deepen those relationships with clients and and help understand what issues are most top of mind for them and, and help give them the advice that they're looking for. So Julie, let's not hesitate anymore. Let's bring everybody in on our conversation with Tim Owings. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Julie. We're the hosts of the Hartford Fund's Human-Centric Investing Podcast. Every other week, we're talking with inspiring thought leaders to hear their best ideas for how you can transform your relationships with your clients. Let's go. Tim Owings, PhD and CFP, is the founder of TL Owings and Associates, LLC, and is the author of Cadence of Care. With more than 40 years of experience as an ordained minister and financial professional, Tim teaches financial professionals how stories from their lives and the lives of their clients can transform their relationships and their practice. Tim, we're delighted to have you here with us today to talk about how to uncover your clients' needs through storytelling. So Tim, maybe to kick us off today, I know oftentimes when John and I are speaking with financial professionals across the country, they're often trying to sharpen their skills on asking great questions. And I know each of us have been pulled aside many times through the years and said, what are some of your favorite questions to ask clients? I'm just constantly trying to get better. It's such an art. You know, Tim, maybe we could start there and you could share with us some of your guidance at a high level on helping financial professionals continue to hone this skill and, and how they can continue to raise the bar of, of questioning, but in, in such a thoughtful and profound way so that their relationships with their clients continue to deepen over time. Julie, thank you. And John, uh, good to be with both of you uh, on the podcast today. Thank you for the invitation. Julie, your question uh, about questions is at the very core of being an effective financial professional. And let me, let me answer that question with a story. Um, for years, I would go, when I was with, uh, with Morgan Stanley, I would go up to the training center and purchase and speak to new advisors. Normally it was the last day of their training. They were getting ready to go back to their branches in various parts of the country and begin building their financial services business. And prior to my introduction, um, they would do some role play. Julie, you, uh, I know you like to do role play and, and how important role play is, and it can be very effective. And we may get to that uh, in this podcast today. But inevitably, a trainer would call a new uh, financial professional up to the front and role play something, and this would be the scene. We're at a cocktail party or a chamber of commerce meeting, and I meet you, and uh, we meet each other. And after exchanging names, I say, tell me what you do. And the financial professional would answer the trainer who's in role, 
Uh, I'm a financial advisor with Morgan Stanley, and the person that she or he is saying that to glazes over and says, uh, excuse me, I need to get back to the punch bowl. <laughs> uh, what I suggested new advisors do is that when they meet someone for the first time, and inevitably the question bubbles up, tell me what you do for a living, you say, let me tell you a story. About six months ago, uh, I began working with a couple, and as I was working with them, I discovered that they had a special needs child. And that changed everything about our conversation, particularly financial planning. Now, already I've told that person I'm a financial planner, I'm a financial professional without saying what firm I work with or, or any of that. But I answered it in the form of a story. How do we get and, and invite our prospects and clients to tell us more about themselves? The easy way that most financial professionals use is to stick with the money questions. I have said for years to financial professionals that the best way to get a, a meeting with a potential client is to disarm them with the answers you give to their questions, particularly, what do I need to bring to a first meeting? And I've always said, just bring yourself. You don't need my statements? No, we don't, we don't need your statements. Just, just bring yourself. And what I would then do is when they would come to the first meeting, I, I would say, our goal today is to get to know each other, get to know whether we have a fit for each other. And if we get to some money questions, we, we may do that. But the most important part of this meeting is that both of us sense that there is a fit for us to work together. John and Julie, one of the roadblocks that financial professionals face all the time is meeting the expectations of the public exactly where the public thinks we're going to meet them, which is the money question. We must disarm that question and get the other person to talk more about themselves. Why? Because their story is going to tell you so much about how they handle and have handled their money. And when you look at the statement, you then look at the statement through the lens of the stories you've already heard about them. So how do you get that? How do you get them to do that? Number one, disarm them regarding the money questions. Don't start with money. Ask them to talk about their life, where they grew up. Tell me about your parents. Are they still living? Do you have brothers and sisters? You mentioned that you went to Penn State. What did you major in at Penn State? Tell me about that. How did you meet your spouse if they're married? Uh, and get them to talk about themselves, leaving the money questions off. First job, how did you get that job? Tell me about that, uh, that work that you did. Was it rewarding? And they'll tell you about that. Um, and with their telling you the story, their stories, you're learning about their personality. And that personality is the person that you're going to manage as well as the money that person brings to you. So in a roundabout way, that's how I get into it. I, I get them to talk more about themselves. And sometimes with a sensitive topic, I'll say, um, would you be comfortable telling me more about your mom or your dad or your special needs brother 
Would you be comfortable telling me more about that? Invariably, those sensitive topics have financial planning and investment implications. So Tim, I know in the time that we've worked together and we've known one another for years now, I've often heard you say, it's more about listening for the story the client wants to tell you than it is about getting the story we're often looking for. Uh, what's the difference? John, uh, it goes back to that, that challenge that we have as financial professionals. And let me be clear, I have the same challenge that I'm going to address right now. Tim Owings has this problem. All of us do. We have so much we want to tell. <laughs> Why we've got market history and investment ideas and and uh, and asset allocation recommendations and risk management. We got all this all this information flying around our brains that we want to share with people, and we think we're impressive when we share it. So my goal in a client conversation is for them to be talking more than I am. Uh, Edgar Schein, uh, emeritus professor at MIT, one of my favorite books, Humble Inquiry. If you haven't read it, you got to get it and read it. The power of asking rather than telling. We must let the, get the client to talk more than we do. Happiest person in the room is the person doing the talking. So continue to ask questions. Get them to fully explore an answer. For example, they might say, uh, when I got this, my first job, I was working with someone that was very difficult to work with. And after a couple of years, I realized I just couldn't stay there. Well, it's not that you want to revisit their pain, but you can come back to that and say, before we go on, if you'd be comfortable sharing it, what was it about that person that made it so difficult, uh, uh, made her or him so difficult to work with? Get them to tell you that. Why? you're learning as much about this person in a holistic way as you can. You want a 360 degree view of all of your clients. Unfortunately, because we have schedules to keep and more appointments to make and places to go and more conversations to have, we can jump to the, to the uh, quantifiable parts of the relationship and ignore the qualitative parts of the relationship that make the relationship sticky and meaningful for the client and for you. Tim, if I can just ask a follow-on question, what happens, especially with a client that I haven't been working with for years, what happens if I try to go there and the client says, mm, not so fast, I, I can't go there, thanks. You know, uh, How do you transition out of that if you hit a dead end? Yeah, uh, and I've, I've had that experience on more than one occasion, both in pastoral settings and uh, then during my years uh, in the financial services industry. When someone feels uncomfortable going there on a topic that it could be about parents, could be about children, uh, I, I've had clients when asked about one of their children say, Tim, I just can't go there. Sometime I'll tell you about that, <laughs> but I just can't do that today. Sometimes they never tell me about it. My response is to validate their feelings. If they feel that's a topic that they're just not comfortable dealing with right now, I affirm that. I say, Joyce, 
I completely understand that 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 topic is is difficult, and w we can go somewhere else. I I just wanted you to know that what matters to you and your family matters to me. And if we never talk about it, it's okay. But at some point, maybe we will. But let's just go on. So you validate their feelings. You give them an opportunity to revisit it if they choose to, and then you move on. Tim, I love how you made the point of distinction between getting to know the client and sort of the human that you'll be managing in addition to the money or the resources or the financial plan. I mean, I think you're right. Those are obviously mm -hmm. two such separate and distinct topics and, and, and entities. I'm curious, maybe I'll go to the opposite end of the spectrum for that client that really does open up and very much confides in the financial professional, um, you know, what, what does that response process look like to be respectful and thoughtful? You know, for example, I had a financial professional share with me a, a few years ago that um, he was working with a, a, a new couple of his clients had just sort of started the introductory meeting process and they shared, he asked about children and they, they, they both teared up a bit and shared with them that they were in the process of adopting a child and hadn't told mm. a soul, not their family, not their friends. I mean, he was literally the first person and, and mm. he said, I, I froze because I wasn't expecting that level of openness, obviously such a major life event. And, and he said, I don't honestly even remember how I responded, but I'm confident it wasn't probably the, the best way to respond. So will you share with us maybe some ideas or tactics on, on that end of the spectrum when, when the, the floodgates of information do open and maybe these are very important life or personal updates that are being shared from a, from a client's uh, perspective? Occasionally, uh, and this does not happen often, let me, be, let, me, let me be very clear about this. Occasionally a client, as Julie, you just noted, will go to a, let me call it a more emotion laden topic. Uh, as with this couple that was a, uh, about to, to suddenly have a family and adopt a child. Uh, that was emotional. And I think you said the, the financial professional mentioned that the couple teared up a little bit and, and then confided to him that uh, he was the first person that uh, they had shared that with. When that happens, be prepared to just pause a moment and put that warm, uh, not grin, but a little warm, smile and a nod on your face and just pause. And you can look at both of them and say something like, this, this is obviously a very emotional moment in your life. And I can't tell you how much you honor me in sharing that with me today. Uh, frankly, it's going to help us do the planning we need to do now that you've got a little one coming, coming into the family. It's important that I know that and that you shared it with me right up front tells me that our relationship is going to go to some very good places. So what you do there is you affirm their emotions. When people have teared up and even uh, become very emotional about talking about the death of a parent or a spouse, which happens in the business, you're going to have those conversations with people. Let them get their emotions out and don't be too quick with the tissue. You know, don't be too quick. Let them get it out. And let them know that their emotions and their feelings matter and that you will honor those feelings and those emotions by simply receiving them. Part of what we do, Julie, in relationships with others is 
we, we have what I call a, a bit of a sponge factor in our souls. We absorb what other people are sharing with us. We take it in. We don't overly react. We simply acknowledge and validate. And that creates a wonderful bonding moment between any individuals. It happens between spouses and friends. It has nothing to do with a client relationship. Learn to absorb the feelings of another person and validate them and let them say and feel whatever they need to feel. It's okay. It's okay to do that. Tim, I'll go the opposite direction again. You're going to start to form some horrible right. opinions about me, but here's my question. Oh, um, no, John. We love John, I've already, <laughs> had, I've already had those horrible opinions. <laughs> well, we all we all love the Cinderella scenario, right? Where the glass slipper fits and off we go and client and, and professional or ha live happily ever after. But this idea of, of storytelling and eliciting the stories from, from our clients do you ever come out of one of those initial sessions and say, we're just not going to be a good fit? Because one of the things we hear from financial professionals, especially successful professionals, is probably the hardest thing they need to do is fire clients where, you know, it's not a productive relationship. Maybe they've been there with them from some time. But I guess my question to you is, have you ever been in those kind of situations where after sharing some stories, after starting to get to know someone, you look at it and say, mm -hmm. this, we're probably not going to be a good match. And how did you handle that? Yeah. And John, that, that has happened to, to me and to our team. I vividly remember a couple that came to see us, oh, about three years before I uh, stepped out of the business into this new role. But they came and met with all of my, my two partners and I, the three of us met with this couple. And uh, we got into the story aspects of getting to know them. And it, it did drift over into real estate that they owned and their 401ks. We talked about that a little bit. But during that meeting, it was, it was not way aware to me uh, with my training and background in ministry, but it was, it was almost painfully aware with my partners when we reviewed that meeting after, uh, after they left. And almost without even going through particular moments in that, in that get acquainted meeting, my partners, before I said it, said to me, I don't think we want to work with these people. <laughs> and I said, tell me why. Tell me, because I, I, I'm feeling some of that too. Why? And one of my partners looked at me and he said, Tim, they can't even get along with each other. What makes you think they're going to get along with us? And um, after that meeting, when we circled back to them, uh, we sent a, an email from all three of us saying, we thank you for your time. We believe there are issues in your relationship and your financial landscape that at this point need to be worked out between the two of you before the kind of help that we could bring you will be effective. We never heard another word from them. So it's not easy, but I find that being frank at the very beginning is better because you've got nothing to lose. If they don't, they say, well, I just don't want to work with somebody who's that candid. It's okay. Tim, one last question from my standpoint. I know you have some practical tips around this whole topic of storytelling, um, but you often recommend that advisors pause for a few minutes after the conclusion of the meeting and you tell them to write a couple of things down. What would you tell 
financial professionals that they need to be thinking about and perhaps document as soon as that that last meeting ends. John, uh, one of my uh, favorite lines that is in Power of Stories, uh, the white paper with Hartford Funds, uh, is people forget data, they remember stories. We can always replicate the data. Uh, we have the data stored on, uh, every firm has huge storage capacity and all the data stored for the relationship from its very beginning. What the system cannot store is our feelings our interactions, and what we experienced in the presence of that other person. So what I recommend uh, is that when the meeting is over, give yourself a little margin before you go to the next thing, whether it's to get a cup of coffee or go to lunch or to, to the next visit, the next uh, client visit, and jot down in the notes for that meeting what you remembered from the story or stories that they told, particularly the poignant moments. And then when you follow up at the end of the day, and I recommend every financial professional does this, at the end of the day, send a brief email to the folks that you met with that day, the clients you met with, prospects you met with. Thank you for being with, with me or with my partners and, and me today. It was good to get back together and do that review. What I most remember about our meeting, however, was that story you told me about the sale of your first house and the and what you're facing now in transitioning to retirement and perhaps selling the house you're in when you do that the client remember says you know tim really heard me those folks they they heard me today and that connects with them and that's exactly what you have to do and why stories are so effective they create connections well tim thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing such actionable ideas and thoughts on how to uncover your clients' needs through storytelling. For those with us today and wish to learn more about Tim's ideas and strategies, please visit hartfordfunds.com stories, or please uh, secure a copy of Tim's book, Cadence of Care, if you so choose, or visit his website at timowings.com, and that's timowithwings.com. Thank you again, Tim, for being here and sharing such wonderful ideas and actionable tips. We truly appreciate your time today. Thank you, John and Julie. Always good to be with you. Thanks for listening to the Hartford Funds Human-Centric Investing Podcast. If you'd like to tune in for more episodes, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. And if you'd like to be a guest and share your best ideas for transforming client relationships, email us at guestbooking at hartfordfunds.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.